Welcome to a special isolation edition of the Let's Meet for a Beer podcast. I am joined by my friend, J.D. Lewis. How are you doing? I am alone, but I don't say that for sympathy. The, the prime minister said we're supposed to be alone, so that's why I'm alone. Absolutely. So the conversations that we're having, just to let everybody know, are going to be unedited and we're recording them over the internet. So the sound quality might be a little spotty from time to time, but what can people expect? You can expect, I guess, a few things, you know, hopefully some inspiration. If your spirits need picking up, hopefully we can be that source of inspiration for you and show you this doesn't necessarily have to be a totally ugly, scary thing. Some companionship. Jesus, if, if you need a friend right now, let us be your friends for the next half hour and for the episodes that follow. And finally, hopefully this can be a reminder to you that, you know, something like COVID-19, while it's super scary and, and we still don't totally know everything about it, that doesn't mean it's all bad things coming out of it. Sir Isaac Newton developed his theory on gravity while in isolation and quarantine from the bubonic plague. I'm not suggesting we're going to change the laws and rules of science here on this podcast, but I do think some good can come out of a bad situation. And I think we're going to learn that together. Just want to say thanks to everybody for letting us be a part of your day. And I hope you enjoy the conversations. All right. Welcome back to a very special edition of the Let's Meet for a Beer podcast. We're, it's an isolation edition, and we're here with our friend Jordan Ramey. You are with Burwood Distilling. How are you doing, Jordan? Hey, I'm doing just fine. How are you doing today? Oh, I, I, I could complain, but I'd get slapped upside the head if I did, because we're all in the same boat, as you know. Uh, JD, how are you doing today? I am pretty all right. It's... Uh... I feel like I'm getting really used to this and I don't know if you're supposed to get used to it and, and borderline enjoy it this quickly. Uh, but I'm starting to like really revel in the, in the not having anywhere to be, can't go anywhere thing. Well, yeah, I know in the podcast, we don't have the video, but I have the video looking at you right now. You have a punching bag behind you, JD. So no, no kidding. You're enjoying it. Anytime you're frustrated, you just turn around and punch. I've renamed this place uh, the JD Dojo, and I'm just going to try to whip myself into fierce shape and then challenge Conor McGregor to a fight. <laughs> Half of that was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, Jordan, um, thanks for joining us because I was following a lot of stuff on Instagram, almost to the point where Instagram was going to have like uh, like an intervention on me, just like, hey, Mark, you've, you've watched enough this weekend. Go do something else. But what you were doing was super cool. So I wanted, I was just kept following it. And that is, as a company, you guys are making hand sanitizer because obviously there's a shortage of it out there. How, how did this idea come to you guys? Shortages of masks, gowns, uh, hospital equipment, and especially hand sanitizers for folks in need. And so it was something that we talked about, uh, myself and my two partners, Marco and Yvonne, and said, well, if it gets bad, it's something that we could explore uh, doing here at the distillery. I mean, we're professional alcohol manufacturers. So at the end of the day, we're just going to make it to go on your hands as opposed to go into your belly. So it's a little bit of a restructure to wrap your head around that kind of thinking because it's a little bit of a different formulation. But the base sanitizing material of just the ethanol, I mean, that's our specialty at the end of the day. That's really cool. Probably super important that you don't confuse either of the receptacles, right? This is the drink. This is the do not drink. Very important. Yeah, definitely. But Jordan, like I've known you for a long time, like way back when Olds College first started doing their brewery program. And people have always 
like you're a very science focused guy. So if anybody's going to be behind a project like this, that, uh, that knows what they're doing, I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing you, you knew how to do this pretty easily. Is that fair to say? So it was something that we knew how to make hand sanitizer or hand cleansers right off the bat. But before we did a bunch of R&D work on our end, we wanted to reach out to some of the worldwide recognized leaders in public health and safety. So the formulation we're using is the recommended hygienic hands rub from the World Health Organization. The one thing that people really need to pay attention to in this time is to not over sanitize your hands or your body parts with overly harsh cleaners. So 70% ethanol or 60% ethanol is great as a sanitizer, but it dries your skin out. And if your skin dries out too much, it'll crack. And if you've got or infection. So just like you wouldn't lick a door handle right now, if you've got a bunch of cracks in your skin and you're grabbing that door handle, you're essentially doing the same thing. So the World Health uh, Organization's recommended rub formulation is 80% ethanol, and then it has a little bit of hydrogen peroxide and a little bit of vegetable glycerin in it. And that vegetable glycerin or glycerol, that is a moisturizing agent or a humectant, and that's in there to help keep your hands moisturized to keep that ethanol from drying them out. And then that little bit of hydrogen peroxide that's in there is to help inactivate spores that could be present in the sanitizer itself. So there's lots of recommended formulations that are out there. We wanted to make sure we were using uh, a one that was recommended by a, a good public health entity. I, t- I told you he was into science, JD. Yeah, you weren't kidding around. This is, uh, <laughs> Jordan, uh, like, how has this affected you? I, I guess we've got a bit of a sense, like, like professionally, you guys have sprung the action very quickly. We think that's super cool, but. How's this whole thing, um, the COVID-19 thing, affected you uh, personally? So personally, my wife is a veterinarian here. So, you know, not necessarily on the front lines of any COVID-19 response, but even in her healthcare, they're running out of masks, they're running out of gloves, they're down to bare bones operations and mostly seeing just emergencies. And so the regular nine to five operations have really come to a standstill. Uh, Anything elective is being put on hold. Uh, I come from a family of doctors. My sister's a vet. My dad was a surgeon. My brother's a doctor. So I tell everyone that a PhD or a hungry doctor out of the group. So, but just talking to them on FaceTime and seeing what each one of them is uh, dealing with across the world in the different locations that they're all located in, it's really been eye-opening. And so for us, like I said, being a distiller, it's something that it's something we can do. We can help provide a necessary uh, material out there that's in short demand. So we've essentially been sacrificing liquor that was going to get turned into whiskey and uh, increasing the proof on it to turn it into hand sanitizer. So oh, I'm going to be sad in two years when we don't have as much whiskey, but I'm going to be real happy if everyone's around to enjoy it with me. Absolutely. Good for you. So how are we like, I guess, how are you guys distributing this and how can we help kind of get the word out? So we started off just pure donations to uh, any group that showed a need. So the uh, Midwives Association was one that reached out to us early on, a couple of senior centers early on, a that might not have food options otherwise available to them. So we wanted to make sure that we were able to first and foremost serve those uh, most at-risk groups. Moving forward, we've uh, been able to start uh, essentially charging a nominal fee for the product so that we can keep ordering more materials. For us, the biggest holdup was uh, sourcing more ethanol 
than we were physically capable of producing at the distillery and then sourcing some of the other raw materials and packaging. Uh, with that said, lots of folks have really come out of the woodwork and offered a ton of assistance. We have a supplier that can produce on a macro level for us. And so uh, for us, it's really about bringing the community together and then getting that information out to the community about where to get it, where to pick it up. On the landing page of our website, we have just scrolled up that are being posted up there now. So if you can pick anything up at the distillery, we'll have real-time updates. We've been able to supply some to a few others that are able to put it on their shelves as well. Uh, and then if you're an at-risk group or you're showing a particular need, we have a sign-up forum that the website will direct you to, and you can essentially get on a list there. And we're trying to help out as many folks as we can that way. Very cool. Have you uh, have you found anything that's that's working for you personally, Jordan? As far as like dealing with uh, you know whether it's uh, Mark and I've talked a lot about like the mental health side of this thing and about how like that's you know not only part of the conversation now. The longer people stay isolated, the longer we have to stay away from other human beings and sharing great drinks and things like that. It's it's going to become more and more of a topic of conversation and something we got to keep our fingers on the pulse on. So, uh, anything that's working for you as far as like just keeping your head up uh, in in a situation like this that there's no real blueprint or precedent for? Yeah. Uh, so my family's been doing nightly uh, but it's a lot of fun just to see everyone. My family's scattered around the world. So sometimes we go six months without talking to each other. So really it's been almost a, a time of closeness for us because it gives us an opportunity to reconnect with, um, you know, family members and siblings on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, so it's easy to talk about your struggles or anything and, you know, crack a beer and hang out with them virtually. So it's kind of weird, but it's kind of a fun new experience at the same time. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things that we've been really trying to do, random question for you, but we're creating a soundtrack, an isolation soundtrack. So what uh, what song do you recommend we put on it, Jordan? Ooh, isolation soundtrack. Um I stumbled upon the Grimes delete forever video recently. Like I think a lot of people did on YouTube and somebody described it to me as uh, space banjo hip hop. And I'm not sure if that's entirely accurate, but it's, it's pretty interesting. And so I don't know, it's just been my jam. It's kind of melancholic and so that's kind of my jam here the last week, but Oh man, I go through everything from, you know, country music to pop to EDM. So it's hard to pin me down to genre. Nice. Well, delete forever. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay. That's going on our soundtrack, JD. Put that directly <laughs> below Billy Idol's dancing with myself. <laughs> there you Ooh. go. Okay. <laughs> You've recommended one. Walking on sunshine is what Don uh, yes. recommended. So yes. we're getting there. What about um, what about some you know just general whether it's positives or like specific incident incident incidents rather uh, of people just being really good to one another through all of this you know because there are silver linings to the cloud right there's there's all kinds of cases of like humanity kind of shining through what's been already a little bit of a dark chapter anything yeah. Oh, for sure. So uh, like I say, I've been blown away. Our phone hasn't stopped ringing. Our marketing firm that we literally just started working with the other day, they've essentially committed all of our backend technical reaching out to everybody. And so Simply WS here in the city, I've just been blown away by the amount of work they've been doing for us, essentially all pro bono. And then same thing, I've had uh, tons of other breweries and distilleries reaching out to us and trying to help everybody get on the same 
It's been helping a lot of the breweries work their way through the government compliance and recipe formulation issues. Uh, Township under bottles to us the other day, bringing stuff in to us. So pretty much anyone who can help has been, you know, knocking on the door. How do I help? And then stepping six feet back before we open the door. Hey, Jordan. So these guys that you're helping right now, a lot of them are probably your old students. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Uh, you'll suddenly get a text from someone you haven't talked to in three years. That's a funny question. I go, before you say it, here's the five links you need. And they go, oh, my God, thank you. Yeah, that's hilarious. So um, what are you watching more of these days, Jordan? Uh, Disney Plus or Netflix? Oh, so I, I'm not a giant TV guy. So I'm really into zombie post-apocalyptic video games. And so totally... <laughs> Out of the blue, there was a giant DLC that came out on Friday the 13th and just totally corresponds with everything that's happening. So I've been killing zombies in my basement. Nice. And and as, uh, well, I'm assuming a self-professed zombie expert, uh, where do you recommend we hide if if the fertilizer hits the ventilator here and, and things take a really gnarly turn? Is there like a specific area we need to be? Do you have a bunker or a silo we can hide in? Like, what what do you recommend? At least in my game, for some reason, they don't know how to climb ladders. So anything that's at least four feet off the ground, apparently you're safe. That's <laughs> sweet. Good advice. Yeah. Um, so one question that I wanted to, okay, so you're not really a, a big TV guy. You're a gamer. Um, what about books? Do you read any books? What, what do you recommend someone uh, sit down and read in this time where we got a lot of time on our hands? So another just totally random coincidence, I just finished reading Stephen King's The Stand maybe a month ago. And so uh, The Stand is essentially this, a virus taking out humanity. I'm like, oh, my God, this is just like the book I just finished. So that's been kind of blowing my mind that it's been around for years. And I just happened to listen to it, you know, 60 days before a a worldwide pandemic hit. So I don't know. I I haven't started a new book because I'm worried. So is that is are you having a string of good luck or really bad luck? I'm having a hard time telling. <laughs> I think bad luck can be good luck. At the end of the day, I mean, life's what you make out of it. So yeah, we're in our house, but I've gotten to reconnect with family and friends that I haven't talked to for years. And then uh, from a beer perspective, I've been raiding the cellar and drinking things that you know every night. I'm like, Man, out and I'm really just enjoying that and that's something that you know you sit there and you think okay well maybe next month or I need a special occasion for it and so I think just really you know taking a moment to sit back relax take a deep breath and just enjoy the present and be thankful for everything that we do have I mean I love sitting in my house and playing zombie games so you know at the end of the day this is my jam yeah nice Oh, you know, we've talked a lot too about how how important it is to be supporting local right now, and you can probably speak speak to that as well, right? There's all kinds of local restaurants that are offering delivery services right now. You can order local beer and spirits, whatever it might be. Like, what's the heightened importance like of supporting local at a time like this? Oh, I think it's absolutely critical. I mean, you'll see all the big box stores getting runs on them where aisles are just stripped clean. It's the little stores that are the ones that are really going to suffer at the end of the day. It's the mom and pop shops, whether you're in the beverage industry like we are, or whether you're in the restaurant industry, or, I mean, I've even seen kids swim classes that are fully canceled and closed down. And it's the kind of thing that even if government assistance is coming, I mean, we've all still got bills to pay. And so the more that you can support your local, uh, the better everybody's going to be at the end of the day, because these are our community members. 
So, you know, if there's a restaurant that you love and they're doing delivery, you know, get after it. Uh, if you've got neighbors that are elderly and you can assist them with that. Uh, so we've got neighbors right over the fence that, you know, might not know what skip the dishes are. So that's something that we can help them out from over the fence. And, hey, man, let me order your dinner for you and get you on board with this. I've got some great folks that are local here that we can recommend. So um, even one of my uh, old students that grows mushrooms on Brewer's spent grain has been bringing in his extra mushrooms to our restaurant. And we're doing skip the dishes, uh, take out food with some of those. So just being able to support everybody as much as we can. So uh, like you say, I mean, support the local guys here. I mean, we're all neighbors, friends and family. So I think it's really important at a time like this. Just to be clear, what kind of mushrooms are we talking about here? Oh, <laughs> uh, these are uh, oyster mushrooms. So they're a gourmet kind of mushroom. Um, uh, I really like them. They've got great flavor. I think they have like a nutty flavor to them. So we'll uh, throw them on top of steaks at my house. But we make a uh, mushroom toast in the restaurant. Nice. Uh, that's from Sari's Solutions here in Alberta. So another local guy doing something that's really cool with an alternative waste stream from the brewing industry. So he's taking essentially barley that we don't need anymore. And he's taking that and growing artisanal mushrooms on that. So it's just a super cool project. And we're excited to have it on our menu. And then we're excited to support somebody else that's doing just what we're doing, you know, doing something rad. Yeah. He created that out of Olds College, didn't he? Yeah, he started his business while he was still a student there at the college. Oh, good for him. Just uh, just to clarify, Mark, if you're looking for those other mushrooms, I went to uh, high school with a guy in Rocky Mountain House who I believe is still selling them there. Uh, yeah, JD, so. I don't know if you remember, but I grew up in Red Deer, so okay. okay. I, I think I know a guy. <laughs> okay, so you, you got a guy too, I get Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, good stuff. We're talking about button mushrooms, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Absolutely. So... Jordan, when um, so when you're not busy reading, you know, the stand or um, doing zombie games, what do you do for physical health just to keep your yourself physically, you know, fit so that uh, when summer comes, you still got that uh, that body for for the for the beach? Well, I've got more of a beer drinking body these days, but when I get outside, I'm really into rock climbing. I like alpine and ice climbing. Uh, so I like to get out there and swing an axe into a waterfall. There's something cathartic about it. Uh, just being out in the mountains, hiking, like I say, rock climbing is kind of something I've been able to do for a number of years now. Um, I lived in California for a long time, so we go and climb in Yosemite all the time. So it's one of those things. It's fun. You're with your friends. At the end of the day, you feel like you worked hard. You've earned that patio beer on Vamp Ave. Yeah, no kidding, eh? You uh, so if you if you spend some time in California, I'm assuming you still have some friends there. Um, and if that is the case, like, what's it like for them? Because they're on a much and granted that could change by the time this podcast makes it to air. But I mean, yeah. they're on a much more aggressive lockdown procedure than we are. Have you talked to them about what that's like? Yeah, a couple of our friends are uh, hairdressers there, and their salon is shut down. They're on lockdown. They first time they've ever seen it without traffic. And so they said, it's just blowing their mind. Like nobody is anywhere. And then my brother-in-law lives in New York. And he said that they haven't left their apartment in seven days, except one time to go to the grocery store at 11 o'clock at night. And he said, it was the weirdest thing. The streets are dead. They're silent. Nobody's out there. And he's like, it's just weird. He's like, it feels like it's not New York. And same thing from LA. They said, it's just super weird. It's just nobody's outside. That's crazy. Yeah. At least we know everybody's doing that social distancing and working from home as much as they can. So everybody's doing their part. And 
It's one of those things where I heard somebody say it the other day, I've never felt like Netflixing at home is saving the world, but now I finally do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. So JD, what else do you got for questions, my friend? That was, uh, that was about the extent of it. I, I think we covered everything I wanted to hit. So, so, so Jordan, just before we, we wrap up here, is there anything, any piece of advice that you can give somebody like, you know, what, what can we do to, to maybe help out, uh, whether it's helping a neighbor, whether it's helping a, a small business, like what, just one piece of advice that, that you would want to sort of communicate to people. I'd say help your friends and neighbors, anybody that needs assistance, offer them that help, and then try to use small businesses to offer that help whenever possible. And if possible, it's going to help the community. It's going to help your neighbors. It's going to help everybody at the end of the day. Yeah, very true. Well, thanks a lot for taking the time. I know that you're an insanely busy man. And um, yeah, you know, from Alberta Beer Festivals, if there's anything that we can do to help support you, um, I know we've been on, I've been working with my team to try to see what we can do and we're going to send some updates out right away. But um, yeah, just on a personal note, if there's anything we can ever do for you, just uh, reach out and let us know. We're here for you. Right on. Well, thank you so much, Mark. That's really awesome. And uh, if you have a, a ladder I can borrow, uh, that would be great. Just in the event of a zombie outbreak. <laughs> you just got to be over over four feet. You'll be good to go. So you can, have that you can have that quarantini on the roof and watch it all play out. Nice. Oh, yeah. what's, in a, what's in a quarantini really quick before we let you go? <laughs> so my quarantini, uh, I like to do our uh, single hive, which is essentially we're trying to make a whiskey, but without any grain. And so we use 100% honey and we essentially do all the parts and pieces of making a whiskey, but we use honey instead of grain. We take that, we barrel age it. It tastes like a gin a brandy and a bourbon all got together and uh, had a kid. And so I take that as my base and I do a little bit of Lillette and a little bit of Campari. And so it's kind of like a Boulevardier or a Negroni, but I like to use that single hive in there. And I like to essentially do quadruple single hive and then just a dash of the Lillette and the Campari. So pretty much just like a little bit of extra flavor for a Boulevardier with a twist. <laughs> that was so that. much over my head it's not even funny i i was gonna say i can give you the the quick version too if that's helpful yeah do that that'll help me i know that yeah so a little bit of campari a little bit of bourbon sweet okay well i'm gonna put that recipe up on uh on my website then in case uh somebody didn't catch that but uh very cool man i'm glad to see you smiling and uh like i said if there's anything we can do just reach out man right on well thanks so much for having me today guys thanks a lot thanks, appreciate okay. it man. take care yeah. guys thanks dudes Hey everyone, thanks again for joining the podcast today. To learn more about how we are involved in the community, please visit letsmeetforabeer.com and albertabeerfestivals.com. Please remember to be kind and offer help wherever you can and never be afraid to ask for help. We're all in this together. Have a great day.